When did we forget how to love? Did it happen suddenly? Or was it a gradual decline? When did we forget the very foundation of the gospel? For God so loved. Love is what moved God to action. Love is what held Jesus to the cross. Love is what rolled away the stone. But we, we've forgotten that part. Without love, we are simply a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal, a bunch of noise. Without love, we are nothing. Is that what people see in us? Meaningless, empty noise? Love is supposed to be patient and kind, gentle, not angry or arrogant. Yet in our effort to stand on truth, we have forgotten the very thing these truths are based on. Love Never once did Jesus fail in this. Not in his heartbreak or his anger. Not in his joy or his betrayal. His default has always been love. Maybe it's time the church was more like Jesus. As Christians, we are called to be people of love. But what should that love look like? What difference would it make if we as a church were more like Jesus in our love? Well, in this next section of Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, we're going to find out four ways to express this love. As we've seen over the last few weeks, Paul was concerned about the young Christians in this church in Thessalonica. They'd been following Jesus for only a matter of months. And yet they were facing severe persecution. And also Paul had been forced to to leave them to fend for themselves. And so Paul had sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to find out how they were doing. But when Timothy came back, he brought some really good news. And we're going to read that news in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 6 to 13. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. 
Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. In 1978, the Hicks family from Australia were going on a, an overseas holiday. So they dro- dropped off their Persian cat with their parents. The, the cat was called Howie, and their parents lived over a thousand miles away from they did. So they went, dropped off their cat, and then they went away on holiday. But when they got back from holiday to retrieve their cat, they were devastated to find out that Howie had escaped and nobody could find him they 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 desperately loved their their pet cat so they stayed a month in order to try and search for him but to no avail and so the family eventually had to return home without finding him a year later their daughter returned home from school one day and saw this mangy unkempt and starving cat But despite this, she instantly recognised him. It was Howie. It had taken him 12 months to cross over a thousand miles of the Australian outback. But Howie had come home. Now I think the Apostle Paul would have understood that, that cat's desire to be reunited with its family. Because that's how he and this church felt. He wrote that Timothy had told him that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. That was verse 6. Paul and this church had been torn apart from each other. But the depth of love that they had for each other meant they desperately wanted to see each other again. They had a deep desire to be together. This is also what Paul expressed in his prayer later in our reading, verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. So this is our first way that we can see what Christian love looks like. Christian love creates a desire to be together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's not because we are somehow just all similar, that we have similar interests or we, we have similar ideas. It's not because we naturally get on with each other. It's not even just because we like each other. Although I know, I'm, I'm sure you all do. It goes deeper than this. It's because of what Jesus has done in our lives. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3 verse 28, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Through our faith in Jesus, we've been united in him with each other. So we are brothers and sisters today in Christ, part of God's family. 
And so the things that divide people in this world, whether they're race or culture or background or personality or status or money or or whatever, those things are no longer barriers to keep us apart. Instead, God's love draws us together and gives us a desire to be together. This is actually what the word church points to. The word church in the Bible is the Greek word ecclesia, which is a a meeting or a gathering. It's not about a building with a steeple that we think, oh, that's a church. But it's about a, a gathering of people, an assembly of people. So a church is a community of people who have been gathered together with Christ at the centre. And this is what Jesus is building. In love, he went to the cross to gather together a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And so if we are following Jesus, then we have a desire to gather with his family and to celebrate his love. This was a a remarkable feature of the early church. Their love for each other produced such a deep connection, a deep desire to be together, that every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And of course, That's not always practical or possible, especially in level five lockdown. But that doesn't mean that we cannot express our love in some way at this time. Church on Zoom is not the same as as having church together in person. But if we really love each other, then we'll make a priority of logging in on Sundays, as you've done this morning, and logging in throughout the week at Bible studies or at prayer meetings. But we could also express this desire to be together, maybe by phoning each other throughout the week, sending each other a text or a WhatsApp message, or even meeting up with somebody outside, uh, one person at a time, as we're allowed to do in these level five regulations. These things are harder these days. Meeting up together is a tougher thing to do with with this, this pandemic. But if we have God's love in our hearts, then we will do we will want to do whatever we can to meet together and to be with each other. So Paul's love for these believers was was expressed in his desire To be with them. But it was also expressed in his delight in the blessings that they were experiencing. This is verse 7 and 8. In all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Paul's second missionary journey had been really tough. 
He'd experienced opposition and floggings and imprisonment. But in the middle of all of this struggle, Paul was encouraged by this good report from Timothy. He'd been told that these these believers had stood the test of persecution. They'd not given up. They'd not walked away. They were standing firm in their faith in Christ. And that thrilled Paul's heart. And so he was bursting with thankfulness and with joy. Verse 9. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we have in the presence of God because of you? Now Paul here, he wasn't rejoicing in what he had accomplished. He knew that this was God's work in their life. But he rejoiced in their perseverance, in their strength, in their experience of God's grace. And he did this because he loved them. He celebrated because they were doing really well. Christian love frees us from the self-centeredness of sin. It protects us from selfish ambition and vain conceit. And it enables us to rejoice in the blessings that other people are experiencing from God, even if we are going through difficult times. It was this attitude that set Timothy apart from many of his contemporaries. Paul told the Philippian church about Timothy. He says, I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. It comes so natural for us to see every situation through the lens of how it will affect us. Is what's happening good for us? Does it reflect well on us? How will we get out, get something out of this situation? And we, we tend to respond out of, uh, respond to every situation based on how it'll impact us. But Timothy wasn't like that. Timothy wasn't in it just for himself. He was focused on other people. He took a genuine interest in their welfare. Because he loved them. Because he loved Christ. And Paul wrote to the Philippian church and asked them and called them to do the same. He said in verse 4 of Philippians chapter 2, Each of you, should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So that means if other people are going through a really great time, then we should be willing to enter into that, to rejoice with them, without any hint of jealousy or envy, because we're delighted in their blessings. But of course it also means that if they're going through a difficult time, 
then we should be willing to enter into their struggles and their difficulties so that, and do whatever we can to support them. As This is how Paul put it in Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. And this is what Christian love looks like because this is what Christ's love looks like. Jesus went to the cross because he loved us. He willingly set aside his rights, his comfort, his glory and ultimately his life. And he stepped into our mess, our sin, our lostness. And he did all that so that we could be blessed with every spiritual blessing in him. And we as Christians, as we as his followers, we are called to follow in his example. This is what Paul went on to say in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, and being made in, a, in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Paul expressed his Christian love in his desire to be with others and in his delight in the blessing of others. But thirdly, he also did this in his devotion to pray for others. Paul was in Corinth at the time of writing this letter. There, things were not easy. He later told the Corinthians, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. He was struggling so much, in fact, that one night the Lord appeared to him in a vision just to encourage him. But despite all of what was going on in his life, Paul was still committed to praying for the Thessalonians. Verse 10, night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, of course, Paul couldn't have prayed non-stop for them. He had to do things like eat and sleep and work and rest. But it seems that these Christians were so much on his heart that they were always on his mind. And so at various times throughout the day or the night, he was praying for them, earnestly, passionately, wholeheartedly praying for them. And this letter that he wrote to them reflects this. It is a, is a letter filled with prayer. He started it with a prayer of thanksgiving. He finished it with a prayer asking for God to sanctify them. And then we have this prayer that we've read in the middle of this letter. He also called these Thessalonians to pray continually. And he asked them, brothers, pray for us. Paul was an incredibly busy apostle. He was really, in many ways, a man of action. He travelled huge distances to share the gospel with people. He taught God's truth 
in person and through his letters. And on top of all that, he worked as a tent maker to provide for himself and his mission team. And yet he still made a priority of prayer. That's because he believed in the power of it. He knew that on his own, he could not do anything. But through prayer, he could connect with God, who has the power to do the impossible. So Paul wrote in his second letter to this church, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11, We constantly pray for you, that by his power, he may fill every, fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by faith. So if loving other people means that we want the best for them, and this best is something that only God can do, then our love for these people will lead us to pray for them. This is a connection between love and prayer that Jesus taught in his Sermon on the Mount. He said there, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. As believers, if we love people, we will pray for them. So this is another way that what Christian love looks like. It is expressed by our devotion to pray for others. And Paul taught the Ephesians to be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So the question is, are we expressing our love for each other in this way? Or maybe today, do we need to make a a fresh commitment to pray for each other and for the world? One of the really encouraging ways to do this is to pray with each other. Maybe we could do this through, through, through meeting up with, or connecting online through a, with a, a prayer partner or a prayer triplet. Or maybe if, if God is challenging you about this today, then how about making a commitment to meet with us on a Tuesday on Zoom and to pray as a church together? I'm sure you'll be really blessed as you experience the privilege of partnering with God in prayer. Paul was devoted to prayer. But what did Paul pray about for these Christians? What was the the focus of his prayer life? Well, finally, Paul expressed his love in his dedication to disciple others. There were, there were many issues that these Christians were facing. They were suffering severe persecution. They were experiencing a real poverty. They were facing a real difficulty in their lives. And possibly Paul maybe did pray for those things. But they weren't at the forefront of his mind. Instead, his primary concern for the believers was their discipleship, their walk with the Lord. 
Why, this is why he prayed to be able to visit them. He told them that he desperately wanted to supply what was lacking in their faith. Verse 10. Now this wasn't because there was something dramatically wrong with their faith. It was just that he wanted them to continue to grow in their relationship with Christ and their service for him. Specifically, he wanted these Christians to grow in their their love for one another and their holiness before God. He prayed, may your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Now we're going to think more about what that means in a couple of weeks' time when we focus on uh, the the second part of chapter 4, because Paul goes on to teach that in chapter 4 from verse 9 onwards. But then he also prayed, may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of God and Father, our God and Father, when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. And we're going to pray, think about that next week as Paul started chapter four by teaching that in the light of Jesus' return, we are called to live in purity and holiness. And of course, these are not just issues for new believers. All of us eh, have room for growth in each of these areas. We will always have that need to grow in love and holiness and faith. And so we'll always have the need for somebody to come and to help us in our discipleship, to help disciple us, just like Paul wanted to come to these Thessalonians. And this is what we're called to do for each other. This is not just for people like Paul, an apostle. This is for each and every one of us. This is what Jesus has called us to, to go and make disciples of all nations. This is our calling. This is our mission. Each and every one of us are called to introduce people to Jesus and to come alongside them and help them to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And this is what Christian love will motivate us to do. Yes, it's right that if we love people, we will be concerned with all the details of their lives. God loves us and he is so he's interested in all the different issues that we're facing. So if we truly love people, we will want to help them in their practical issues and their and their, the details of what they're struggling with or what they're dealing with. But if we truly love people, then we, our greatest desire will be that they grow in what is most important, in what is most valuable. And for Paul, what was most valuable was obvious. For him, nothing compared with the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And so nothing was more loving than introducing people to Jesus and helping them to grow in their relationship with Jesus. So I wonder if that's the same for us. Are we dedicated to discipling others because we love them?
So folks, there's many ways that we can express and share our Christian love with other people. But here are just some of the crucial ways that we as Christians are are called to express the love of Christ in this world. We're called to express a desire to be with others. As we're called to be the church of Christ. We're called to express a, a delight in the blessing of others. As we celebrate with them the grace of Christ. We're called to express a a devotion to pray for others as we cry out to God in the name of Christ. And we're called to express a dedication to disciple others as we fulfill the commission of Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you. We just thank you again for this morning when we can celebrate your amazing love for us. As we're celebrating in our time of communion together, Lord, we we celebrate the love that drew Jesus to this earth, that that drew him eh, eh, to to share his life with us, to to teach us eh, the truth that he taught us. But most of all, that led him to the cross where he became sin for us so that we could become part of your family, so that we could be your, become your children, so that we could be saved. And Lord, we pray that you would help us as a church, as a community of your people, to express that love in our everyday lives. Lord, we pray that you would help us to have a, that deep desire to want to be together. And so even in this pandemic, we will connect with each other in whatever way we can, so that we live this life out with each other. Lord, I pray that we will have a, a deep uh, delight in, in, in each other's blessings, Lord. That we won't be, we be, uh, we won't have any jealousy or, or envy in our hearts, Lord. We won't be jealous of other people's blessings, but Lord, we will, we will delight in that. We'll be willing to, to mourn with those who mourn, but rejoice in those who rejoice. But Lord, I pray you'd also give us a desire and a, a, to, to, to pray together. To pour out our hearts for each other eh, to you. To be partners with you in what you're doing in this world and in our church. And as we do all of this, Lord, I pray that our deepest desire would be to encourage each other in our discipleship. To become closer and closer to Jesus. To get to know you better. eh, to, To live for Jesus more. To serve him more fully in our lives. To glorify him in everything that we do. Father, we just thank you for your love for us. Thank you that it is complete and total and never failing. Lord, we just pray you'd help us to grow in in expressing that love to each other. That we might truly be a community of your people. Expressing your love to each other and to this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.